Welcome back to another Off The Record podcast and in today's episode, Twitter is dead. Should you even play to a crowd? And how do you prepare for any DJ gig? It's time for this week's Off The Record podcast. Music, industry talk, stories, equipment and more. We are Crossfader and this is Off off, off, off the Record. Off the Record. Off the Record. Yes, hello, hello. Welcome back to this week's Off the Record DJ podcast. Guys, it's just me today. It is just my voice. Uh, please don't turn off. <laughs> um, it's so busy in the office, guys. We're finishing up a new course. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes at Crossfader and we're pulled here, there and everywhere. And there's just a lot going on. Um, I'm the one that talks most anyway, right? But you've got me today, guys. And don't worry, I've got loads of practical advice I'm going to give straight to you. Um, I've been doing a lot of gigs lately, doing some stuff abroad as well. And I want to come to you with some like practical advice. And I've been really thinking about, you know, how do I actually plan for my DJ sets, there's actually a process. It's become a little bit subconscious for me because I've been doing it so long, but there is a process to it. And we're going to give like a, I'm going to give you like a step-by-step -step guide on how to do that basically. Uh, but yeah, what is going on? So as of today, as I'm recording this right now on a Thursday, Threads has been launched. Now, what the hell is Threads? Threads is Meta's answer or, you know, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, you know, Meta, Mark Zuckerberg, that guy. It's their answer to Twitter. So this has just launched and I'm pretty sure like 75% of countries have got it. Most people seem to have got it. It's definitely US, UK, Europe. Um, but if you've not got it, you will get it soon. But it is literally the same as Twitter. I mean, it it's insane that they're even allowed to release something that is exactly the same. Um, but the way you can access it is just go to, you can just download the app through the app store and then it just logs in with your Instagram basically and you can follow the exact same people as you do in your Instagram account so once you log in it's fairly familiar it's not like starting a brand new social media app from scratch right so everyone that you follow on there so if you follow Crossfader as soon as you log in you'll see posts from us we've posted a few things today and it's it's gone crazy so it's a very weird scenario right so like if you think about the last big social media platform to come along like TikTok it was kind of like bubbling under the surface for a while. You know, a lot of 16-year-olds were dancing on there. No one really cared. COVID happened, and all of a sudden, it's like the biggest platform in the world. Um, you know, the ones before that, there was like that Be Real. They tried to do Be Real was a thing for a while. Then that kind of died. Um, and then, you know, going back way back when, like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, all the big ones started. This is kind of a, it's a big deal, but you're not starting from scratch because you've already kind of, had a community on there you're already following people you're already following like djs that you like or artists that you like so it doesn't feel unfamiliar it's, you don't have you won't have to really get used to it unless you've never used twitter before which you know i when twitter came along i was using it for a good two or three years i actually really enjoyed it but back 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 when i was using it you basically followed everyone that followed you so i got like i was following like four thousand people I had, I had no idea who they were my feed just got just messy you know, and I thought, you know, stick to one thing. I stuck to Instagram and Facebook. But it's here now, Threads. And I think that the good thing about it is well, as well right now is, and I think for like this week or next two weeks, it's very, it's very, somebody said the algorithm's like really pure. And it's like, everyone's on there just vibing. And I, and I mean right now, all right? People, people are not really selling stuff. There's nothing pushing on you. 
The head of Instagram said they're not going to even think about monetizing it yet uh, because they don't even know if anyone's going to like it. So it's just all very vibes on there in a the minute. So there's not much, there's, there's just a lot of good vibes on there. So I'd go on there um, and just interact with people, right? Start conversations, uh, you know, be a bit controversial, ask, ask questions, ask topics, get involved in conversations. Uh, and I think for us as CrossFader as well, it's, it's another good touch point um, to be able to like chat to you guys like one-to-one and have a bit of that kind of no filter talk and just, you know, answer questions directly. You know, of course you've got DMs and things like that, but you know, it's not quite the same having that interaction um, in like a thread. So if you've never used Twitter before, you kind of post, um, you know, you post your post or your topics or a question. And then you, and then in the thread below is all the like answers and replies, and you can repost them to your feed, and then you can share them with your your friends or your community as well. Um, but yeah, it's just vibes on there at the minute. I would definitely recommend just go and check it out. Uh, I know that social media is not for everyone, um, and I'm not even saying that you know you're gonna need this. This is not like this. You know, it's not gonna change the game. Um, it, it, I can see it more working for networking for sure. I think that uh, if you've got if you can connect, you know, with local, you know, managers or promoters, event organizers, and, and just kind of interact with, you know, eventually all of these businesses will get on it because that's what happens, right? You know, if, if Meta release something, uh, businesses are going to jump on there, um, you know, clubs, um, bars, you know, wedding uh, events and spaces and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's just another place where you can be active. Um, don't go and try and like promote all oh, my mix. Here's my latest mix. Here's, uh, you know, here's this video, all this kind of stuff. I just think for now, just engage and just try and let it become kind of a more of a social place. And we'll see what it turns out to be. Uh, we're just having fun with it. Um, you can interact with us anytime in the thread. Just, you can actually find somebody's thread now by, if you go onto their Instagram, kind of under their, I think it's under their picture or under their bio is just a little, um, there's like a little number. It's, it's like at one four eight nine seven three. It's like the number you jo you join threads in the world. It's a weird. It's a weird number. It should just have your handle. But there's a little number, and you can click on that, and it'll just say show um, show crossfader crossfader's thread. So you know whoever you're looking at, show somebody's thread, and then go and have a look on there. Um, we've been posting memes and stuff like that. So um, there's a lot of fun on there. So go check it out. That's threads. Like I say, in short, it is basically just Twitter with um, a meta logo. So go and check that out and see what you think. Let us know what you think. Interact with us as well. Right, today we're going to be talking about uh, how to prepare for a gig. Now, this is not necessarily like planning a set. We've talked about planning a set in a few episodes a few weeks ago, but we're going to be talking about planning a gig. Now, I was thinking about this as I was um, planning my D uh, DJ gigs for the summer, uh, and it was just things I was doing subconsciously, and I'm like, actually, you know, there's a lot that actually goes into this. Um uh, it's not just, you know, you don't just turn up and press play. And there is a quite a few details that go into it. Um, so let's go step by step. So you get a gig booking. Let's let's begin preparing for it, right? So the first thing you need to do is what I do. You need to basically just confirm the gig details. So, for example, I've been on um, WhatsApp with, this promoter has been trying to book me for months, keeps sending me dates, keeps changing them, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, it's locked in. I'm playing for him tomorrow night. Uh, but... You know, a couple of days ago, I was like, just just to confirm, what is where's the venue? What time is my set, or what time is my preferred set, um, and the fee? You know, and the address. So, make sure that you confirm the gig because you want to confirm the gig details, like the date, time, address, your set time, and then you want to like 
take it a step further, like add it to your calendar, add all the details in there, especially if you, you know, when you start getting gigs and start um, having an abundance of gigs or, you know, two or three a week, um, just add, add them to your calendar. Just make sure to get into a good practice of doing that. Um, because I'm not even joking. I've turned up to like the wrong club. You know, like clubs have similar names. Like I have turned up to different clubs in like different cities. I'm not even joking. There's one time I was supposed to be in the north of England and I, I turned up to a club in the south. And then there was this time I was in, I was doing a gig in Manchester at this club called Live. And I got in a taxi uh, and I, I said, yeah, club Live, please. And I jumped out of the taxi and I was in this like abandoned like weird village <laughs> and then I turned around and it was this like old like pub that was called live that had closed down like a year ago <laughs> so I just wasn't paying attention so then I had to get another taxi it cost me like another 25 quid so confirm the gig details when you get a gig just just double check put it all in your calendar and like I say once you start getting a few gigs it will help you uh, just streamline your process like mine are all locked in my google calendar so I can see you know set time um, address what time do I set? All that kind of stuff. And then even you can even add like the promoter's details in there, their number, contact number, uh, because especially if it's like your first gig, if it's your first DJ set somewhere, you need that point of contact. It's always really awkward when you've got a new gig and you're walking up to the club and there's Dorman there and you're like, yeah, I've come to DJ. And they look at you like, who are you? <laughs> so always nice to like meet the Dorman or the manager uh, at the door before like your first gig. Um, step number two is I start to actually think about the gig in like, planning my set, planning my set list for that particular gig. So of course, depending on where you're at in your kind of DJ career, you'll have loads of folders and crates and all that kind of stuff. But I always, I always um, make a set list for that gig. Now, this is not necessarily like your residencies, but your kind of one-offs or the new spots that you get, um, this definitely sort of, I always try and try and focus a set list around it. Because as I'm confirming the gig, I'm talking to the manager, I'm talking to the promoter, like, okay, what, you know, who goes there? What's the clientele? Who's going to be there? What's the age range? What, what is the music taste, right? What is the music policy that usually goes off? Um, is it drum and bass? Is it house? And then even goes even further, like, you know, is it house? I'll be like, yeah, I'm like, right. Is it like Fisher or is it like Calvin Harris or is it, what, what's the vibe? What is the actual specific music policy in this building? And then you can just kind of get a vibe for what it is. It might be super, super commercial. It might be super, super trendy or what it is usually somewhere in the middle. Um, but I always like to just put a set list and, you know, consider like the genre, tempo, energy level. Um, and then just a mix of like, popular tracks but then tracks that you love as well so you know we have this rule at crossfit like two for them one for you so if you play two tracks for the crowd like your more kind of popular ones um and then one for yourself like one track that you just love that might not go off but you love it and end of the day you've got to be enjoying it as well as the crowd otherwise the crowd are going to feel that you're just not here for it and you know the energy is just going to be low so creating a specific playlist so yeah confirming the gig details step one step two um creating a playlist, like a specific playlist for that gig, if you can. And it, I, I just think it helps you get in a vibe, get in the like mentality of the gig. Um, and you're not going to play this uh, track for track, by the way. It's just like, for example, my gig in Ibiza, I was like an R&B pool party set. So I was visualizing what kind of, what kind of hip hop tracks do I want to hear? Like on a summer in a pool party. It's a bit different to what I want to hear in, you know, a, a, a hip hop club at like 1am. It's just a bit of a different vibe. So creating a, a specific playlist um, can really help you out. Um, step number three is 
testing the equipment. Now, this depends on what what it is you use. So, for example, I mainly I don't really take um, equipment to clubs. So, if it's a new spot or even some spots that I play regularly. I'll always just check if the everything's working right. So have you had any issues with the CDJs? Is there any issue with the mixer? Um, because there's always certain clubs or certain venues that I have that, you know, are always, there's always something in repair. <laughs> so I'm like, is it working? Because if not, you know, I can always bring a controller. You can always bring your own equipment. Um, but then if you are taking your own stuff, so if you are taking, say, you're an event DJ or you're working at a local bar, which requires your controller, just make sure everything's working. So you know test your controller um if you're a mobile dj event dj make sure you're testing all your speakers um you just your headphones you're right you could you could if you're if you're taking all of the stuff to a gig you can just have a quick 10 minute mix before you set off just to make sure everything's working make sure um, nothing's broken uh take all you know headphones cables speakers all that kind of thing um and just to ensure that when you get there you know there's nothing there's nothing worse than turning up to a gig and it's like cdj broken and nobody knew about it but you could have asked the manager to check it beforehand and stuff like that so again it's just testing as much as you can some stuff might be out of your control right if you turn up to a gig and the mix is broken it's, it's difficult but you can always ask on the day or the day before if if anything's broken or you, if you can uh, ask someone to check check on the equipment before you get there and um, that would be ideal so step number one confirm gig details step number two um creating a playlist specifically for that night that event and step number three, just test equipment if you can or get someone else to test the venue equipment. Then this is more about the kind of set list, which is like organizing your sort of music library, right? So we always say have three times more music than you actually need. Um, I think it's just a good rule of thumb to think about it. Um, but you, depending on where you are, you should already have your crates in order. As, you, as you're learning to DJ or as you're getting more experience, you just start to create an abundance of crates and folders and playlists. Um, just, but, you know, it's always worthwhile before a gig just having a quick organisation, downloading some new tracks, downloading some new edits, having a quick look on SoundCloud, what you could, what can you download? And then just tidying up your playlist. I'm, I'm, I'm quite bad for this because what I will do is I'll rush to, I'll rush to get like a few new tracks for the night um, or, you know, a few new tracks for that specific event and I'll sort of be in a rush for it. So I'll just drag them into a folder that's not even like labeled correctly, right? And then it just doesn't help with workflow. So every now and again, I just like to go and tidy up my, my library like every two, three weeks, just to make sure that I can find everything I need. So all of the new tracks I'm downloading are not just going to waste. And if they are, I can just get rid of them, all right? So just having a bit of an organization towards your music library uh, will really help you out. Uh, the next one, this is a big one, right? Prepare backup tracks. So again, what I said about testing the equipment, most clubs I've ever been to have had something dodgy. <laughs> so usually a CDJ is broken. Um, but, you know, there's nothing worse than just having like a dodgy uh, lead or a dodgy USB port in a CDJs. Just make sure you've got a backup track somewhere, which is usually taking a spare USB or a spare um, SD card. Like I'd say probably like one in every 10 gigs um, I've turned up to you know, something's been dodgy. So make sure you've got a prepared backup. Make sure there's like enough music on there. You've got to like, you know, I used to, I used to just like have like a set on there just in case. But then one time um, the USB port broke or I got like an emergency loop and then my USB just wouldn't work. So I had a spare USB, but I only had like one set on it and it wasn't like the right music policy. So I was struggling um, and yeah, it just didn't go down well. So 
preparation, make sure you've got a spare USB, but like I say, make sure it's just got enough diversity on it. So ideally, you just want to copy everything on two USBs, like ideally. Um, but again, not not essential, but just to have that backup is, is ideal. Um, this one's a big one. Pack a DJ bag's worth of essentials. Now, again, just all comes down to something something's probably going to go wrong eventually. So packing backups, cables, always backup cables, especially like, you know, when I used to use Scratch Live, that used to be a nightmare with Serato Scratch Live. There's so many cables with it. You have to have basically four phono cables, um, you know, USB cable, you have to have your laptop charger, laptop stand, you know, plug. Oh, it was a nightmare. I always used to leave something every time. Um, so I just got used to like having backup everything. But cables is a big one. Uh, especially going in nightclubs, there's always the, the phono cables have always been in there for years, and you just never know when when it's just going to go. Uh, it's usually the phono cable that goes first as well, because they're usually like cheap ones from Amazon. So, got to prepare for extra cables for sure. Um, headphones as well. I've got a very like a cheap pair of headphones. Now, the only time I've seen headphones breaking is, is well, two two ways I've seen head, headphones break. One is like the jack, so being bit too aggressive with the jack just like over time it kind of you know gets well gets worn out and then also with like the cups as well so you know you, you, you've got your headphones on and you're taking them on again off again on again off again and i used to i used to always used to love the technics headphones i think they were 1210 i think they were uh but the cup broke like all the time like i used to have a new pair like every single year so you know just having i've just got like a like a 15 pound uh, 18 pound spare that I found in I think I found it in a airport in I was on my way to a gig in Malia in, in Greece and uh, I, got, I got to the airport I was like damn I've literally left my headphones at home <laughs> so I bought like a 15 pound Bose uh, um, speaker at uh, the headphones and they are awful like I couldn't you could, could not even hear the bass in them but they'll do the job if needs be um and then they're in your bag as well if you forget your headphones. So just just a spare. Um, again, USB drives always, SD cards. Um, don't forget, like, if you use a laptop as well, make sure you're taking your laptop stand with you. Uh, and then a microphone as well. I always used to have two microphones. Um, so if you use a microphone, it might be worth having a spare because microphones are notoriously dodgy for breaking so always try and take a spare microphone if you can but again this is kind of just being like overly prepared and depending on what type of dj you are uh some some of these might not not apply to you but you know if you're an events dj you probably got you, you'll need more backups than most people um next tip is practicing transitions for, specifically for the gig so it's always good to sort of have a bit of not a plan but something to aim for, like something like tricky, little, like a, something that you practice at home and you're like, oh, this sounds sick, this sounds sick, but you're like, you know, you're a bit nervous to do it live. Will it go down well? You know, I use stems a lot, especially for my hip hop sets. And I love to like come up with like stems transitions that really work. And it's like having that kind of like nervous energy about if something's going to happen, if something's going to be pulled off incorrectly, you know, if this transition's going to happen, if I'm going to be able to loop it right and do the loop tightening method and all that kind of stuff. It's just nice to like, have something in your mind to to be like right i'm going to do this tonight right this is quite tricky i'm pushing myself but i'm going to do it whether it works whether it doesn't it's just about doing it so having a bit of a practice uh, and trying to like level up your skills and like come up with new, like new transitions for the actual gig uh, i think it'll like really give you some kind of like focused energy into the night as opposed to just turning up and just trying to mix some songs together um 
And two more, uh, the, the second to last is communication with the organizer. Absolutely essential. Like you've got to maintain like this clear communication between you, the promoter or whoever's running the event. Again, going back to the earlier point, like talking about what is the music policy because you might get booked because you're just a sick DJ, right? Luckily, now I don't really get asked. I don't really ask too much. Well, it depends what it is, but if somebody books me, they know what I can do. So, and then depending on what kind of event it is, then I'll ask. But if you're all kind of starting out or you're doing residencies and all that kind of stuff, it's essential to know what you need to play because if you're in there thinking you're doing a good job and then you finish and the promoter's like, oh, we wanted a totally different vibe, you know, it just it just doesn't make sense for you to like risk it um and you you both you both want to be on the same page as well musically like the promoter probably knows what crowd is that they 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 love and what crowd comes every week um and if you're new to this you know you're gonna have to feel that out so again it goes it's like a two-way street um and you just want to be super clear on sort of music policy the crowd as well kind of Different crowds react to different things. You know, a younger crowd might like you getting on the mic and hyping it up and getting their hands in the air. Where if it's more like a daytime brunch, that might be not the vibe. And if you go in there, you know, daytime brunch kind of vibe and you're like, ole, 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 make some noise. And everyone's like, bro, we're trying to eat. <laughs> we're trying to drink champagne and eat. So again, just having that dialogue so you can have a kind of clear vision of who it is um, that you're playing to. Um, so communication is key. And then additionally as well, I think that one thing that's un overlooked is a lot of clubs and even bars, uh, they have like visuals on screen. You know, some some clubs have sound text and all that kind of stuff. And I always ask if you've got like, is there anywhere that visuals can be placed in the in the venue? And then if there are, I've got like a logo, or I've got like a, I've got like a visual thing, um, like a visual screen, kind of a visu visual video loop uh, for like self-promotion. And I don't think like a lot of people think about that, but if there's if they've got TVs or you know big screen behind decks something like that, um, ask if you can send over your visuals or your logo. Uh, and again, just a bit of self promo. And then you can even like get on the mic and then get people to tag you. Um, again, depends totally depends on what the situation is, right? Won't won't work for like every DJ, but if it's there, try and use it. Um, so yeah, preparing for a gig, they are the steps you kind of need to take. Um, and I just think, like I say, I think uh, I've been doing it so long, it's just subconscious to me, but hopefully you can t take away those steps uh, when preparing for your next gig. Right, gang, before we get into some Reddit drama, I just want to point out, I just want to read this quite heartwarming story uh, from Jax, um, who... I'll read, it, I'll read it out and we'll talk about it. So he says, first gig since getting long COVID. This is from Jax. Back in September last year, I caught COVID and by October, I was struggling to carry out day-to-day -day tasks. My heart rate was all over the map. I had extreme fatigue, constant chest tightness and a whole host of other symptoms. I wasn't sure if I'd ever feel normal again. Even the slightest attempt at mixing or DJing would send my heart rate up and, through, and throw me into a three-day fatigue crash. Fast forward to last weekend, I DJed a private party for seven hours and felt absolutely, totally fine afterwards. It's been an emotional roller coaster, but it felt great to be finally back out there doing what I love. Cheers to all my fellow DJs. Keep spinning. That's amazing. And if Jackson's listening, like big love from like all the CrossFader gang here. Like that's amazing. Like, the, you know, can't take it for granted. You know, DJing is 
you know, one of the best jobs in the world. It's also very difficult. Um, but I think something like that, you realize when I think COVID did that as well. You know, when you take away, um, your day-to-day DJing, it's like, it's like, you know, everything we live for basically. I, I know that I do personally. So to have that taken away is, is just not good at all. It's such a big part of everyone. If you know, if you're listening to this, it's probably such a big part of your life. So amazing news. And let's get into some Reddit drama. Reddit drama, it's all over the place. People arguing, fighting, all up in your face. Reddit drama. Reddit drama. You don't have to play music you don't like. <laughs> this post, I'm actually, when I read this post, I was getting angry halfway through it. And then I, by the end of it, I was like, actually, no, this does make sense. So this does go on a bit of a journey. Right. The title of this post is You Don't Have to Play Music you don't like mainly just posting this to start a discussion because i'm curious to know what other djs think there seems to be an attitude amongst djs that in order to create and cater for the crowd and be a well-rounded dj you have to play music that you don't like for the record i have dj friends who do this and i admire it but it doesn't work for me part of connecting with the crowd for me is that i am proud of everything i play and i want the crowd to know that i'm enjoying what i do in my opinion, my job is not to play what I don't like to cater to the crowd, but rather to have a selection of music I like and I'm proud to play in as many different styles as I can. Obviously, there are exceptions. If you're a wedding DJ, you have to cater to certain requests. Or if you're picky and don't have a wide range of music you enjoy and not enough to overlap with popular music, then this approach might work for you. But I believe for the most part of your taste is, if your taste is diverse enough, you should never have to play something if you don't like it, if that's not your style. If you're happy playing music you don't like, it's a skill too, but I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. Now, I'm going through this thinking, bro, you got to play to the crowd, right? But I'm thinking about it now, like, I actually don't play that much music that I don't like. Now, what I mean by that is, like, you have to play, obviously you have to play such a wide range of music. I think I like a lot of music. So I, I, I quite, I play like quite an open format set. I do specific gigs as well from sort of house, right through garage, right through hip hop, right through drum and bass. But I think I like a lot of music, but thinking about it, I actually, if I don't like a song, I will, I literally will not play it. It's like, you know, over the years, you cannot get me to play some like, you know, Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus type stuff. I just don't like it. Right. So I'm just, I was going through that thinking, nah, this guy's, this guy doesn't have a point. It's all about the crowd. It's all about the crowd. But I think it can be both things. I think that if you get a request you don't like, I still think you can appease, you can still find tracks that you do like that are similar to what they're requesting if you're taking requests. Um, but have a think about that, like right now, guys. Is it like 100%? Is it about 100% what the audience wants? Is it like, a bit of both is it like a bit of what you want um and a bit of what the audience wants too like should you play the old track it like now and again if somebody's like requesting it like requesting it like get me don't get me wrong if it's like if you're if you're like djing somebody's birthday party or someone's wedding right like i'm playing it you know like that's fine but you know there's a part of me where you know you're in a club or you're in a bar you've been paid to do a job and you're trying to please, you're trying to, you know, you're doing your job, right? You know what to do. You know how to get the crowd going. You know how to keep a dance floor. You know how to keep the energy up. And if someone throws a random request that you don't like, 
I'm turning that down all day. And we've all got them excuses, right? We all know what excuses they are. Yeah, I'll play it next. Yeah, yeah, no, it's coming next. Like, yeah, you know what? Or I've I've even said it like, oh, you know what? It's just, uh, I've, I've just loaded it in the track, but it's like corrupts the files, like corrupt. <laughs> um, what else have I used? Yeah, I can't download it. It used to be, I, I, I used to like it when, um, you know, there wasn't that much Wi-Fi about. <laughs> uh, people were like, oh yeah, can you download this? I'm like, yeah, there's no Wi-Fi, there's no Wi-Fi. I'll plug my phone in now, I'll plug my phone in. It's like, these aren't getting it. But yeah, I always say it's, I always say, yeah, next, I'll play it next. But then, you know, you see them, like you, you catch them out of the corner of your eye, like walking back over and you're like, oh my God, they're coming back. <laughs> and then like, I think you can get away with like two, it's coming next. So if, you're, if they come back and you're like, oh yeah, no, no, my bad, my bad, my bad. It's coming next, yeah, it's coming on next. And then like, you just gotta pray. You just gotta pray. And then you see them coming back again. You're like, oh, nah, nah, I might, I might actually have to play this. So you either just get angry with them, like, all right, go away. <laughs> or like, I think like the last one is I go like, uh, oh man, you know what? You know what? I thought I had it. I thought I had it, but yeah, no, it's the wrong track. So yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, yeah, enjoy your night. Bye, see you later, bye. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Is it about 100% the audience? Is it a bit of mixture? Is it about a little bit about what the audience wants, a little bit about what you want? Or is it just all about what you want? Um, let me know because if you are listening on Spotify, you can actually vote on a poll. So there's a poll underneath this somewhere, somewhere on Spotify. <laughs> you can, so I'll post a poll with this uh, the question right now. You can vote on the poll if you want to as well. Um, guys, if you are listening to this, um, every week we give a juicy little bonus to all of the all of the Crossfader gang, the Crossfader legends. We don't run any ads on this, so this is our little juicy bonus to you for absolutely nothing. So if you would like to take a DJ course with us, and we would love if you would, and um, if we can help you on your DJ journey, that's amazing. Uh, we've got courses from Flex4. We've got courses from Beginner Record Box, Intermediate Record Box, Serato, Beginner, Advanced, uh, sorry, Beginner, Intermediate. We've got specific genres, hip hop, techno, house, and uh, we've got gigs, uh, we've got CDJ Masterclass. If you're getting into the club scene, there's a whole CDJ Masterclass. Um, and we've got gigs to help you out in your career as well, uh, specifically the How to Get Gigs course. And currently we are building a new music management course as well. It should be out uh, early August. Um, but if you would like to take any of them courses, uh, just use the code off the record, and that will get you 20% off any of our DJ courses. But if you would like 75% off all of the DJ courses, that's 23 DJ courses, 50 hours of bonus content, and then access to any course we make in the future, including the new music management course that we're building right now, you can buy the complete DJ package that launched a few weeks ago. Um, it is combined with everything. Um, you're saving something ridiculous. It's something like over $4,000 in total. So go and check out the complete DJ package if you haven't already. Um, guys, it is a little bit of a shorter one. I can't play a game on my own. <laughs> um, and they, I haven't got the boys to bounce off. So I hope that you've got some value from all of the tips today. We'll be back with a more regular um, off-the-record podcast next week. But thanks for tuning in and listen to me bang on for 30 minutes. I'll see you again next week. <laughs>